Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Dana Buckler Show. My name is Dana, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Jason Waters. Jason, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I've been I've been looking forward to this one. <laughs> this this is our end of the year this show. Is, yeah, this is where we started, actually. The, the first time you yeah. came on the show, it was the 2021 surprises, yeah. the disappointments, and the best. And yeah. so, here we are. What have we done, like 15 since then? You've been on the show quite a bit, yeah. So happy, uh, happy one year anniversary yeah, yeah. on the Dana Buckler Thank Show. Awesome. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you. I've been really, really enjoying these conversations. So oh, I loved it. Now this is an interesting way that we do the, the format of the show. Is in the interest of keeping this at a somewhat reasonable length. Yes. Um, what we're going to do is we're really just going to go. I'm going to defer to you to go through your list of the surprises, the disappointments, and the best films of the year. And I will, of course, I, offer commentary. I hope we have a, a hearty debate on some of these. And I will uh, <laughs> announce my top movies of the year, like my top three films of the year, which have all been discussed by now at great length. Yes. Um, some episodes had their own dedicated, excuse me, some movies had their own dedicated episodes. Others, you know, the subject of, a particular film has been brought up a couple of times. So overall, I will say that I was pretty pleasantly surprised with a lot of the films that came out this year. Yeah. There, this was a good year at the movies. Uh, I went to a hell of a lot more movies this year than I did last year. Yeah. So I looked up um, my my movie visits um, right now. I'm at 27 for the year. Oh, wow. Which okay. is actually, I think, down from last year. But um, 27 overall visits to the theater this year. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and start with the uh, the surprises this year. Surprises. Now, the surprises could mean that you were not expecting to like the movie, and all of a sudden you're like, wow. Or it could be that you were really interested in seeing this film, and it ended up not being the movie you thought it was going to be. That Yeah. So the surprises is kind of the, that's the wild card. Yes. So let me start with one. I'm not sure if you've seen or not. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the movie Fresh. I have not seen Fresh. Tell me about Fresh. So Fresh is, um, it was not what I was expecting it to be. Um, I really got the recommendation to watch it just based on, I think it popped up on Hulu. Like, based on your views, you, you'll you like Fresh. I thought it was going to be a girl meets guy, guy likes girl he turns out to be a crazy person and she spends, you know, a little bit of time trying to escape from him, which it that's there. The overall premise of the movie, though, is girl meets guy, guy drugs and kidnaps girl so that he can sell her body parts for food. Oh, OK. <laughs> OK. <laughs> OK, so the premise is interesting. <laughs> so. I was so this is Sebastian Stan from he's uh our winter soldier from Marvel. Also also had a turn as Tommy Lee in yes. the Hanman Tommy also on yes, Hulu. Also, also on Hulu. What I liked about this was it was stomach wrenching um but it kept you on the edge of your seat the entire time. Interesting. So the movie starts off I mean they just jump right into it. It's much like Babylon which we'll talk about later where you're about 40 minutes in before you even get the first credit. So all of a sudden it's like, oh, by the way, I forgot you're watching a movie. Interesting. So the, the acting was great. The story kept a really good clip, disgusted you, and enthralled you at the same time. 
Now, when you say disgusted, knowing my my uh, not being a fan of you know particularly gory things, is this a not film? Not a whole lot of gore in this. Is it more implied or more? Um, yeah, it's you don't really see a whole lot of the. I'm gonna take your buttocks off now and eat them. Okay, um, okay, but you you afterwards you see her. You know, okay. There's a lot of distress there. Okay, so, fair enough. Fair um, enough. Okay, but it's it's retching enough that you know they definitely there's definitely cannibalism present in the movie. Okay, all right. Um, so and that movie was fresh. That movie was fresh. Fresh. Um, available on Hulu streaming right now. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if I'm adding that to my gonna watch tonight list, but <laughs> I'll. Uh... It's it's definitely on a list to watch, but maybe wait t- till Halloween next year. Okay. All right. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. Okay. So um, next surprise. Next surprise. So this one was another one that um, was recommended to me that I had not even heard about. That would be Kimmy. Okay, I have not seen Kimmy yet. I, I've heard of it, but I have not seen it. Kimmy, I believe, is on HBO Max right now. Okay. So this is Steven Soderbergh, Zoe Kravitz. Um, imagine Rear Window meets uh, Siri or Alexa. Okay. So this is a um, a programmer that works for a company that makes a device like uh, an Alexa that comes across a uh, a recording that she probably should not have heard, and this is all during COVID. So she's kind of a shut in, got a little bit of agoraphobia, and is forced to confront her fears on getting out of the house, as well as discover what actually happened in this recording. Okay. Is this a movie in which the pandemic is acknowledged? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Um, It is a very quick movie, too. I want to say about an hour and a half. Okay. um, Which is shocking for Steven Soderbergh, but visually great, acting great, just hit me out of the the blue. Um, It's it's definitely a surprise for the year. All right. So that's Kimmy. Kimmy. All right. Now we start to get a couple more difficult ones. Okay, here we go. Those are softballs. Here we go. Here we go. I'm ready. Let's do this. Um, Here's one that that a lot of people would, I don't know, contend with. Elvis. Elvis. Okay. I have seen Elvis. This was on my surprises list because I was expecting it to be a whole lot better than it was. Okay. I did not like this movie. We had talked, I think we had talked about this before. This is Boz Lerman. The I'm I'm I, I wouldn't even say I'm a hit or miss. I'm really not his. Like I didn't like Gatsby. Uh, Moulin Rouge was was fine. Um, I did not like the Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. That was that was. That's about the only one that I was sort of okay with. But I, that came out when I was a kid. So I mean, the nostalgia factor alone. The, I love that. El, okay, so the Elvis movie, in my opinion is at its best during the actual Elvis performances. Yes. Okay. Austin Butler, I think he should be nominated for that role. He did an amazing job. Uh, Tom Hanks. Making an interesting choice, and that's that's our polite uh, way of saying, what the fuck were you doing? What the hell was going on there? Very interesting choice. So this is not a movie about Elvis. This is a movie about Colonel Parker. I mean, essentially. I mean, that was... The far-reaching of it, yeah. It, it, it seems to me that, that uh, if... You know, Boslerman really wanted to make the movie he wanted to make. He would have 
Elvis would have been a side character that, you know, pops into the film every once in a while. But the fact that from what I've read, like the studio was like, no, no, you have to have lots of Elvis performances in this. And that's when the movie is at its best. So um, I would file that under if I was doing a list, I would follow file that under my disappointments more than surprises because I was actually kind of like okay I'm well the way it. i was portrayed I, I just kept you know every single trailer that i was looking at i'm like oh this is going to be fantastic yeah. so maybe yeah maybe you're right it should be under disappointments here's one that i was expecting to not like okay we've discussed this at length before one of my surprises that is actually should be on the best was halloween ends i am right there with you i i still i i rewatched it about when was the last time i saw it it was in the theaters Probably three or four times. And yeah. I, it's still just really great. It's one of the best Halloween movies, period. Yeah. Um, I think I re revised my rankings uh, <laughs> and had, you know, the original Halloween. Halloween Kills is still at number two for me. That's why I thought that, that, that's why it was all my surprises, because I was just like after my experience with Halloween Kills, there's no way I'm going to like this. And it's so interesting if we can talking about Halloween ends just for a moment. When we did a whole dedicated episode. And by the way, I haven't checked the numbers in about a week, but the number two most downloaded show of the year of the Dana Buckler show was Halloween. Really? Halloween ends. <laughs> I mean. By a lot, <laughs> by a lot. That's interesting. Would you like to know what our the number one? Now that the dust has settled, we're in we're into twenty twenty three. The number one downloaded show of twenty twenty two. What's that? The Batman. Really? Yeah. Huh. That was yeah. That was the that became the the. No kidding. Yeah. So that was what February. Uh, it was March. February, yeah. yeah, March. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, Halloween ends is it's I've seen it multiple times like i saw it a few times in the theater i've since bought the movie you know even (laughs) though it's on peacock you know like i just i think it's excellent i think it's one of the uh the better movies of the year and 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 you know what you and i are in a very small minority like there were people out there that absolutely they hated that the way i hated halloween kills yeah but you know that's that's what i love about movies is it's about what speaks to you. It, that's exactly it. Yeah. Movies are art. Art is subjective. Yep. Period. Absolutely. So that was Halloween Ends. It was Halloween Ends. A couple that we've talked about before that are on my surprises. That Surprises because I, I like them better than I thought I was going to. Okay. So Wakanda Forever. Black Panther. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> it's, it's worth seeing. Um, is it a long movie? It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think it's 245. Whew. That's a long movie for a Marvel movie. It's a, the, well, they're all trending that yeah, way right I mean, now. I mean, Endgame Marvel's was 303. Just, yeah. I mean, Infinity War was two and a half. And that was, that, to me, that was... that the, was. If we could just go ahead and establish anything over two and a half at this point on, it's two movies. Like, yeah. just stop and make two movies. You got enough back footage that you can... You can we that. seem to be getting a lot. Movies seem to be getting longer. Like just, I don't know. They should be getting. Sh- our attention spans are getting shorter. Yes, we live in a, in an instant gratification world now. You would yeah. think. I've like, checked my phone three times since we've been talking. Like we, since you know, like you know, today I'm texting you about like I think I'm going to go see Babylon today, and I'm looking at tickets and I'm almost ready to buy one, and then I'm like, how can things more than three, three hours, hours and long? seven minutes? And I was just like I, you know what. 
couple that in with 20 minutes of pre- I said, you know what? That's a three and a half. I, I, I just can't do it. Yeah. No, I'm just going to try to sneak that in at some point. Yeah. So, um, but Wakanda Forever, uh, yeah, I mean, Disney Plus, when it comes on, I'll, you know, I'll put it yeah. on, but it's not my thing. Yeah. Uh, but the, it should come as no surprise to anybody listening to this that I'm not, I'm not chomping at the <laughs> bit not, to, to watch a Marvel. Not movie. running out for the Marvel. Yeah, yeah. No. All right. So one that I think will, Put some healthy debate out there. Okay. Might take a little flack for this. Surprises that I loved the visual aspects, but did not like the story. Okay. Avatar 2. Avatar, the Avatar, way of water. Sorry, not Avatar 2. Avatar, Avatar the way, way of water. Okay. Um, so if you're listening to this episode, our review episode of Avatar, the way of water has already come out. So if you're a dedicated listener to the show, number one, thank you. Number two, you're, this is not going to come as any surprise to hear this, but if you're just listening to this show and you haven't listened to our review of the Avatar, you and I have varying opinions on this. This this one will fall into my uh, one of my favorite movies of the year um, for for a lot of what we talked about in that previous yeah. episode. I mean, visually, uh, unlike anything ever made, it has really made, in my opinion, you know, you know, if Marvel wants to get my attention and get my money, they need to step their game up. And James Cameron has just created the blueprint on how you make an amazing visual movie with yes. computers. So, um, story-wise, I'm I'm good with the story. I, Simple for me worked on that one because it was all about the visual spectacle. Yeah, it was, I mean, visual alone, it was it was a surprise for me because I was not, I did not think I would like the, I did not think I would like the movie as much as I liked it watching it on IMAX 3D story-wise knowing this is going to be part of a planned trilogy possibly you know 4 5 and 6 i knew it was going to be a dark movie but it didn't get dark until literally the end and at that point i just went it's titanic 2 it's titanic 2 it's all titanic right. 2 all right so avatar way of the water makes your surprises makes my surprises Okay, so it didn't make your disappointment. So didn't make my disappointments. It did not make my best. Did not make your best. That's interesting. Yes. All right. So I, again, I don't have a list, ladies and gentlemen, but you know that was certainly one of my favorites of the year, and we'll talk about that a little later on. So, so. one other, one other surprise. Um, I don't know how many more, more we want to run through, but uh, Violent Night. Okay. Have so, you watched it? No, I've been. I mean, it's I've been teetering on the um, you know rent it. Uh, I know the premise. Okay, so I haven't seen it. So this is. <laughs> Basically, it's a Home Alone slash Die Hard homage with Santa Claus with as the protagonist. That is, that is probably the best way anyone could have ever described it. So it's it's literally a drunken Santa who you find out is wait wait. So okay, hold on, hold on. Can I can I re? Okay. Sure. So basically, from what you just said there, <laughs> it is a Home Alone Die Hard bad Santa homage all wrapped into one yes okay yes a drunken santa i love so it. this is david harbour as as santa claus and the bad guys john leguizamo who that's my major criticism of the movie is he's just he plays this as a one-dimensional character i don't even think he raises his voice once but it's it's pretty hilarious Violent night. All right. Violent night. Uh, it's so so when you say it's hilarious, I've also heard that it's very R rated. Oh, it's very R rated. Yeah, don't watch it. Don't let your little kids watch this. So um uh, that one's been and, and that one would fall under the list of I'm gonna get around to it. That's that's so that's why it was my surprise. I'm like when it came out in the theaters, I'm like, All right, that looks hilarious. I'll get around to it. And it finally came out on I think it's on Netflix now. I forget where I saw it at. Oh no, I actually bought it. 
because my son wanted to watch it. And um, he watched it, and I said, what did you think? He's like, that was so funny. And I watched it the next day, and I went, he's right. That is really freaking hilarious. Oh, you know what? That's got me excited. All yeah. right, because, because I wasn't sure if – okay, obviously. So if you've I'm, never seen sure. Santa throw up on a bartender. Okay, so <laughs> I wasn't sure if this was a comedy or it was a tongue-in-cheek, like we're taking it serious, you know. It's, so it's, it's both. It's both. So okay. this is – he is Santa Claus. There are reindeer. He does have special powers. But he's also um, – they don't get into the whole – his whole backstory, other than he's a Viking who became Santa Claus, and he, you know, he's, imagine Thor becoming Santa Claus. Okay, all right, so you know what? Sold. Yeah. I'm sold. I'm, so it's I'm, worth I'm, seeing. I'm adding that to my 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 immediate list. Yes. All right. Interesting. All right. So surprises. Next one, which I think also might be a little controversial, one that I was really looking forward to, came out, and I just kind of went, "Y'all, everybody like this, really?" Okay. And that's going to be Knives Out. Glass Onion. All right. I'm glad you brought that up because I actually watched that uh, when I was sick. Yeah. Like over, I, I got I got sick over the, the the three days that I had off from work. I was sick, um, and I finally put this on. Here's an example of a movie that I there was no anticipation for me. I watched the first one, and I was kind of like, yeah. I mean, the best part of the first one was Anna de Armas and yeah. uh, Chris Evans. Yeah. I mean, yeah. okay. So can I just say? Well, I think we've talked about this before. You know, characters, characters, characters. Yeah. Okay. Knives Out had some very interesting characters. And you had a pretty star-studded cast in Knives Out. You get Daniel Craig in Glass Onion. You get Edward Norton, you know, Dave Bautista, you know, uh, Kate Hudson. But I just wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't really find any of the characters likable. No, you know, I was no, like, I, was that's like, like I, I could I not get give involved. A shit, and, you know? and it's like, like they threw so many of them at you yeah. to get you to buy in and I just I, there wasn't anything I don't know emotional in it I when that movie was over I was just kind of like huh well all right I'll probably never watch that again yeah it wasn't terrible it wasn't awful and but it wasn't engaging and I was not I the thing is uh, I'll keep the spoiler when the first person dies because it is a murder mystery yes. you know I didn't care. Didn't care I, whatsoever. I didn't care at all. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Right. No, and the crazy thing, what it, and I'll, this should be probably part of the disappointments. So this was a Netflix release. Yes. And they released it to the theaters. For one week. For one week, and it made what, like six, ten million bucks? It, it made enough money that if this thing had been in, if they had kept this in theaters. If they had kept it there. It, it would have made its budget back three yeah. times over. And I think Netflix paid something ridiculous, like a hundred million dollars for Knives Out. The sequel and maybe yeah, he's getting another one. And from what I read, um, Ryan Johnson, he wanted to call this Knives Out. He didn't want it to say, no, excuse me. He wanted to call this Glass Onion. He didn't want it to say the subtitle, you know, a Knives Out Knives mystery. Out, yeah. You know, he just, he wanted, he, this is a completely separate story, yeah. which I can appreciate that, that he likes to do that. You know, obviously we all saw the, you know, The Last Jedi. He doesn't <laughs> like to carry over from the past movie no. at all. He likes to tell his own stories. Uh. So, all right. So Glass Onion makes your surprises because it was one of those ones where you were like, I don't see what all the hype is about. And yeah. Jason, you and I firmly agree on that. Yeah. One more surprise. One more surprise. So here's one that I put it on my surprises list because I'm having a difficult time deciding whether I liked it or not. Okay, interesting. Um, so this is going to be Babylon. 
Okay, so I have not seen Babylon yet as of this recording. I am just, I'm torn on this one. So Babylon is um, the Damien Chazelle written and directed feature film, La La Land, Whiplash. It's about the period in the 20s when they go from silent films to the old talkies and how people transition through. Whereas before, it wasn't what you said, it was how you acted, and now it's all about how you say something. The surprise in this for me, 10 minutes into the movie, you get someone getting shit on by an elephant. Just massive diarrhea. You get someone being pissed on in a sex act. Oh, you oh, get uh, 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 for our younger listeners there. I apologize. There was no <laughs> no trigger warning. Sorry, issue there. Uh, uh, oh, oh, that's what you meant with that text message you said. <laughs> what did you say? So many bodily fluids in yes. this movie. I'm like, well, I've got to see um, that. Full male frontal. Okay, a little more common in movies today, but okay, uh, all right. Probably fifty pairs of breasts. Okay, drug use rampant. So I went into this, you know, as a as a Damien Chazelle movie, I was thinking this is going to be focused on music, on the theater aspect, which, you know, eventually it does. This was raunchy. It was extremely graphic at times. There's a dungeon scene in this that creeps me out still. The more you say this, the more I'm like... I- I kind of have to see this movie. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a small spoiler out there. All right. Probably my favorite Tobey Maguire movie of all time. Interesting. And he's only in the movie for about 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, it was, it was, it was good. It was confusing. I think, I think this was, this was definitely one of those I would want to watch again. I did actually, I did not mind the runtime on this at three hours and seven minutes. Okay. Um, Babylon. Interesting. Babylon. If you get the chance and you have the stomach for it and there's no kids around, I would give it my recommendation to watch. The The question I have in my mind, because this thing will be out of theaters relatively shortly because mm-hmm. it, it just... It bombed. It made... Was it $7 million so like, far? Yeah. On a $190 million like budget? $3 million opening weekend, like... Over Christmas time, that's when people go to the movies. Like, like that's not good. No. Okay. But the question is, do I see it in theater? Obviously, I'm going to see the film. And it's, it's, I'm going to be, I think the real litmus test will be is how does the Academy feel about this when the nominations get announced? So I think um, Brad Pitt and I hate to say I can't remember the guy's name who played the other lead character, Manny Torres, um, got nominated. I thought for, Brad for Pitt, Golden Globes, yeah, for Golden Globes. I thought okay. Brad Pitt did a terrible job. He's and but is, is he okay? I haven't seen the movie. Is he doing a voice? A slight I mean, voice, a he, very slight voice of, of a twenties movie star. However, what I what I can't understand is if so. The the problem with his character in the movie is he can't translate from being an actor to being someone who says something that people feel. So when he says his lines, when he's finally talking in the movies, everyone's laughing at him. So I can't understand if that's that character he's playing. Like I would, I would mm. love it if he was like, "Yeah, that's how I was playing the character the entire time." 
Interesting. Because that's how it comes across. But All right. So that's Babylon. I just want to mention a couple movies that I would have added to my surprise list. Yeah. Surprise in a good way. Okay. The first one will be Michael Bay's Ambulance, which... <laughs> you, you know where that's on my list. Which I contend is a... Um, <laughs> Is a is a fun action movie. I, 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 if you're going in for a Michael Bay movie, you're getting it. You're getting a Michael Bay movie, and yeah. I, I, and I, I just I really liked. It. And the other one, and I'm I'm sure this might be on your your. I don't know where that where this would fall, but surprised me in another good way was um, weird. The Al Yankovic story. I still have not seen that. I'm so dying I to. I went into that with zero expectations. In fact. The, you know, the Roku channel bought the movie. You know, that's their way of trying to get eyes on their on their streaming service. And, like, I'm not a Harry Potter guy. All respect in the world to the Harry Potter franchise, what it's accomplished and all that stuff. Just, I, I, I'm, not the, that's not, I'm not the audience for those movies. Yeah. So Daniel Radcliffe is not somebody who I, I'm like, I can't wait to see the next Daniel Radcliffe movie. Having said that, the movie, and I'll keep this spoiler free. Weird Al is the king of parodies, and this movie is a parody on the music <laughs> biopic, more so than Dewey Cox. Walk hard, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> this, I'm just going to put it this way, okay? This is a minor spoiler for the movie. This is a movie where Weird Al puts out the song, Eat It, <laughs> all right? And then has to sue Michael Jackson for ripping off Eat It because Michael Jackson turns the song into Beat It. You know, like, like it's, it's how Weird Al remembers his life, the story. And it's just, it's so absurd. And it took me about 15 minutes into the film to go, Oh, this is, this is an absolute parody because there's another scene in the movie where he gets, he's kind of like a dorky kid in school, but he gets invited to a high school party, a teen, you know, high school party, but it's a polka party. And you go in there and instead of them dancing like to rock music or to hip hop, they're all literally dancing to polka, but they're all like normal teenagers. And all of a sudden, you know, he breaks out, someone pulls out an accordion and he's like, they're like, can you play? Yeah, play. So they're all like, you can't play. And he starts playing a polka song and they're all, he becomes the king of the school. You know, like it's so absurd. It's so absurd. So that one followed, it fell and definitely uh, weird. The Al Yankovic story falls into my pleasantly surprised how much I was, how much fun I was having with the movie. Huh? Yeah. I've got to see that. I can't wait. Okay. So that is your surprises. Okay. Let's talk about the disappointments of 2020. And I'm sure that you and I might have a difference of opinion on a few of your disappointments well you already mentioned ambulance which, okay. defi- which definitely made my disappointments ambulance yeah um it was so loud can i, I, can I, I i'll tell you this okay i appreciate the drone footage yeah i appreciate the action sequences the dialogue was garbage i almost sent you a youtube video there's a content creator patrick h willem who i I think he's great. He does these long form essays where he breaks down movies and his, his latest episode is Ambulance why it's secretly great. And I almost <laughs> sent that video to send you cuz he does he makes a very compelling case for it. It would have to be secretly great. Okay, but it's okay, <clears throat> let me ask you this. Like when you were sitting down to watch this movie in the theater, I mean, you knew the pedigree 
of what you were going in it, into. And I think we've talked about this before. Like, I love a lot of Michael Bay movies. Yeah. There's, you know, you can tick them off. And outside of the Transformer ones, I'm in. Yeah. This was, like, I've told you this before. Like, all they had to do in this movie is when the cop knocked on the door and said, hey, can I come in real quick? No. Nope. Sorry. Bank G- policy. Give movie's, us 10 minutes. Movie's over. Yeah. It's done. Okay. The plot was ridiculous. The, the following plot was ridiculous. You know that they're not going to get away with this. And it's just, it was literally waiting two hours for the movie to end. All right. And it was so loud. <laughs> All right. So we'll, uh, okay. We'll, um, we'll just, okay. That's fine. That's, that's number one on that's, your, one of your disappointments. Go on. Definitely not number one. Not number there's, one. There's okay. quite a few there's other few, terrible okay. movies that came out this year. Um, couple that we've talked about in the past. Morbius. Okay. I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time. I, I have to defer to you. That's, uh, that's, you still haven't seen it? No. Why would I? That's right. Okay. Why would I? First of all, nobody likes the movies. I'm not a big fan of comic book films. So this is, you know, this is not one. This is not for me. No. Okay. So Morbius. Morbius. Okay. Another one we've talked about before Moonfall. Okay. So, all right. I rewatched Moonfall. Oh, don't tell me you liked it. Listen, it's, it might fall into, it's so bad it's good territory for me. <laughs> like, it's not a good movie. Not a good movie. I forget. Um, what was the budget on that? I would love to. Oh, huge. It must huge. have been. The budget, I think, was something like 160-something million. Um, I mean, I remember re- reaching out to a great friend of the show, Phil Juano. I'm like, so Roland Emmerich's track record as of lately hasn't Ooh. been good. Um, how does – and this is – Moonfall is technically an independent film – how does he raise $160 million to make this movie? And disaster films have play well. I guess you, you uh, in, around the world for 20 years. Yeah, I mean, it, this I is, mean, this is one of these things where you can get the right investors behind you and sell the, you know, the international rights of, of this movie and, and for almost what it costs to make. So, you know, and, and there's also amazing tax write offs for, for movies that fail. I yeah. mean, when you can, when you, you can a, write off a $150 million yeah. loss against your taxes as a Oof. corporation. I mean, so there's ways around it. It's by no means. All right. I'm going to stand by this. Are you ready? Okay. Moonfall, better movie than Independence Day Resurgent. Resurgence. Oh, yeah. Well, better movie. I mean, so, so is a video of, you know, <laughs> someone peeing in the corner. <laughs> That's actually that was the plot for the third Independence <laughs> film. <laughs> um, so box office wise, it made sixty seven million. Which yeah, is sh- I would say it's shocking. But I, like I said before, I actually paid twenty dollars to buy this movie when it oh, first wait. came out. So you own this. So you I can, own this. Anytime the movie hits watch, you, the- you want to watch it, you let me know. <laughs> I'll link you up with my Apple TV account. All right. So disappointment. All right. So, yeah, uh, so that was Moonfall. One that I I've I've eaten before that. I was really hoping it was going to be good was Jurassic Park. The, I don't know what it was called, World of Dominion. 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 Yeah. Um, I hate to say it, I told yeah. you so. 
Yep. So there's Jurassic Park. One that we, I don't think. Oh, well, if, if I may. Yeah. Because I started that movie. Did you? You yeah. still haven't finished it. This is, this is, uh, I'm, I'm going to be coining a new phrase, the seven minute review. Okay. Or the seven, <laughs> the seven minute threshold. Seven Okay. If I can make it through a movie, if I can make it past the first seven minutes, I'm, I'm going to commit to it. Oh. So a few movies that I watched this year didn't unfortunately meet the seven minute threshold and, uh, Jurassic Park, Bullet Jurassic Dream. World. That made 33, that's 33 minutes. That's a 33 minute, that's, yeah. a, that's the second tier. Uh, Black Adam also failed to meet the seven minute threshold. <laughs> that's all, that was my next movie I had. So from what I watched of Dominion, and I'd be uh, at some point, because I rented the movie, at some point I'm like, get a few minutes into it, I'm like, what are we doing? So I just start like skipping through swaths of the movie. I'm like, oh, okay, what are we Let's doing get to here? to the end. What like, are we doing sh- here? Yeah. Um, it just doesn't seem like, like the opening uh, exposition of the movie is not the bill of goods that was sold at the end of fallen kingdom. No. Um, and the way the trailer was marketing this movie, it was, we live in a world where dinosaurs have basically taken over, Yeah, you know, and that is not the movie. I don't, I have no idea how this movie ends and I frankly don't care. Yeah. So interesting. I, I really wanted to be better than it was, um, because of where that second movie in the, but, but whatever planned. Could you be surprised? I mean, okay, I get it. No, uh, listen, I get it. That first Jurassic Park is so good. It's it's such a perfect movie that its shadow still looms mm-hmm. over every subsequent Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. And and that's that's the reality of it. So I get that. All right. So another. So that was Jurassic world dominion minion and what is the next one on your disappointments um this is one that i was really looking forward to and really just sucked did you see amsterdam no no because i think you had told me ah this is a david o russell film amsterdam that just i've fallen out of david o russell films so what happened here i heard huckabee's good movie Mm -hmm. okay um he did Three Kings, if yep. I remember correctly, in 99 with Clooney and Ice Cube. Great movie. <laughs> yep. Silver's li- Silver Lining Playbook. Good. I wasn't as, you know, enamored with that. American Hustle? Nah. Eh. And then at, by that point, I didn't even see Joy. I did. It wasn't, it, again. It, so the, the, oh, go, I'm sorry. As he's aging, I, I just, I don't get where he's going anymore. And I think another thing that, so he's been sort of trending downwards. As far as, I wouldn't necessarily say the quality of the film, but as far as keeping my interest and the fact that I secretly know, secretly know, (laughs) that I, and the fact that I'm aware that he's a pretty despicable human being in reality. Yeah. uh, Again, I can separate the art from the artist. I can, but that also plays. I'm like, oh, well, you're an asshole. Like, I've seen the YouTube videos of how you speak to your actors. Like, you're an asshole. Well, I mean, the biggest thing is, You've got an all-star cast on this one. Yeah. Not a returning cast like he's had in the past, but, I mean, with Margot Robbie and Christian Bale headlining this film, we, this should have been set up for – they should have been the Oscar darling here. With the exception of Tom Cruise, the movie star doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Stars don't drive movies anymore. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in. IP and brand drives you know, p- kids to the movie theater. Yeah. You know, I tell, I, I tell somebody, Hey, I remember this true story. Like, like a month ago, I'm at the restaurant 
and I'm talking to a 21-year-old busboy that works at the restaurant. We were talking about Avatar. We were talking about this. And at one point, he said, we got on the subject of this podcast. And he goes, you know, I haven't listened to your podcast, but if I was looking, you know, like a jumping off point, because I know there's a few hundred episodes, where would you start? And I said, well, I would always tell you to start with the most recent episode. And I think that was the just the, the catching up episode that we, mm-hmm. you and I did. And I said, uh, and then definitely check out the, uh, the John Travolta interview. That's one of my favorite episodes. And he goes, I've heard that name. And I'm like, what? Oh God. I'm like, what? I said, have you, you, you don't know who John Travolta is. He goes, no, I've heard the name. I just couldn't tell you anything he's been in. I said, Pulp Fiction. He's like, nah, I haven't seen that. I'm like, what, what, what is going on in this world? What world am I living I in? Like, well, I just bought a book that was published in 1983, written by William Goldman, which was all about the entertainment industry. Like it was contemporary at the time. One of the best books I've ever read. So think about this. We're talking about Dazed and Confused, which is a movie that came out in. 1993. That's right. And it's about 1976. So if you were to plant that movie, it came out today, it would be about 2005. If that makes you feel old. (laughs) I just can't wrap my head around. Okay, now hang on a second. A couple things that are starting to really affect me emotionally right now (laughs) is... Dazed and confused, and you'll hear a, an extended conversation on this movie on our Patreon series, 101 Movies from the 1990s You Need to Watch. But what you just said just really rocked my world because two things. You remember that 1993 watching it? It was my favorite high school movie because I was in high school when that movie <laughs> came out. Okay. <laughs> And that was 30 years ago. And I'm, I'm just like, wait a second. I'm going to be 45 this year. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just having a, so I'm having a moment, everybody. 2005, yeah. I'm, oh, my God, I'm having a moment. 2005 was when Batman Begins comes out. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And that was 23 years ago. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay, all right, yeah. all right. I don't even know how we got on this. Oh, we're talking about we're talking about Amsterdam. Yeah, a movie I have uh, zero interest. Oh, okay, you saw it. Is it good? I saw it in the theaters. It was not good. It was not good at all. Um, let me see if I can find the the overall ratings on it. Um, oh. But well, he's looking that up. Everybody, I'm contemplating what I've been doing with my life for the past thirty years. <laughs> I'm sorry to give you an existential crisis. Thirty. Oh, like, listen, listen. Last year. The movie had come out 29 years ago. Oh, yeah, 29 years ago. Now it's like 30. Yeah. So wow. Amsterdam, um, audience score 62%, which mm. seems pretty generous. Yeah. Um, overall, critics score 32%. Oof. Oof. For a David O. Russell film. Interesting. Well, that was Amsterdam. And it was Amsterdam. All right. A um, couple more. So we talked about before the North... Northman. That's right. Okay. I was not a fan of that. Right. Um, 3,000 Years of Longing. That was one that I was looking forward to. That I've seen. Okay, 3,000 Years of Longing, George Miller. It's a major disappointments list. Uh, yeah. I'm seeing that 
starting to pop up on some lists of disappointment move, disappointing movies of 2022. I'm sure he's, or I'm sure he's going to bounce back with Furiosa. Oh yeah. So I, uh, I, so. I, I've said that before when you brought the movie up, like nothing about the trailer made me even remotely interested in seeing it. Even though it was it, the fact it, it was it, the if, guy that made the Mad Max movie still. That's it. If I, he had not been attached, I would have been like, eh, I'll pass. Interesting. So 3000 years along. Okay. Yeah. Um, one that you're still mad at me about, Black Adam. Well, that made your disappointment. It made my disappointment. So how can I be mad at you? <laughs> because I recommended you were asking if you should go see it. I'm like, yeah. yeah I was like, yeah. Was it uh, okay? Again, I'm going to make this for the final time on this podcast. I'm going to make the argument for why I think the movie failed financially and there's some people out there the black adam made 480 million dollars worldwide unfortunately in the current current world we live in that's a failure yeah when you put one of the biggest movie stars in the world in a movie all you see is the biggest movie star in the world you don't see that character as anything other than that's the rock so unfortunately when you want to introduce a new comic book character okay you need to have someone who might be somewhat known, but you can't put the biggest movie star in the world in that role, okay? <laughs> Again, when Iron Man came out, RDJ was known to us because we grew up in that time period, but to the younger people, he had no idea who he was. Yeah. Nobody knew who Chris Helmsworth was. Nobody knew who um, Evans was. Yeah. Nobody knew who Scar- Scar- ScarJo was. The biggest name in the Marvel franchise when those movies first came out was Samuel L. Jackson, and that was for us. So if you're going to introduce a character... You've got Henry Cavill. Nobody knew who Henry Cavill was when he came out. You can't put the biggest actor in the world in that role because you're not going to see him as that character. Ben to Affleck me, as Batman. Ben Affleck as Batman. That didn't work for me because still doesn't. It was Ben Affleck. Yeah. So that to me, that's just a poor decision on. I mean, obviously, it was a vanity project for for the for the Rock for oh, Dwayne. Yeah. You know, this is he's on screen ninety eight you know, percent of the time. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, but. The residuals he's going to make on that. You don't he's going to see. Be fine. You don't see Black Adam. You see Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Okay. And you see Dwayne Johnson playing an anti-hero, uh, who I'm sure has a redemption at the end. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, but um, you know, you, but you have. You just yeah. saw the first seven. Minutes. Saw the first seven in the last twelve <laughs> seconds. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay. All I'm, right, I got two more. Black Adam. All right. Well, go I got on. I got plenty more. All right, give me. Let's do a couple more. Two well, more. Um, Blonde. Oh, okay. So I did see Blonde. Well, I saw two hours of Blonde, and I was just like, I don't, I don't like, want to watch any of this. I don't. Stop. Love Anna de Armas from yeah. Knives Out. Phenomenal. She, she actress does. I think she does a good Marilyn Monroe in this movie. It's yes. she's not the problem with she this is, film. Yes, that's. We'll talk about another one later. That. Same thing. The problem with this movie, I'll tell you what the problem with this movie was, no. in my opinion. Okay. Preach. <laughs> there was a lot of problems, but I, <laughs> it didn't need to be an NC-17 exploitation of what she, you could have, impl- I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to, to dance around this because I was really disturbed by a lot of what was happening to Marilyn Monroe in this movie. And I think it could have been just as powerful implied. Yeah, it didn't. You didn't have to put it right in my face like this. This is how she. This is her life, and yeah. it was like it was tortured, and she. <sighs> nope, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think um, I came away from it feeling worse 
worse for her not appreciating the movie. No. Um, because I don't think it, I don't think it did justice to anyone. No, there's, there's, there is a definitive Marilyn Monroe movie that needs to be made. And this was, this was not it. No. Not All right. Really. All right. So that was Blonde, which I believe is a Netflix ex- it was original. A, yeah. Yeah. It was a Netflix original. So the next one I think we talked about maybe once before, and that's Don't Worry, Darling. Don't Worry, Darling. Well, is it the Olivia Wilde directed Harry Styles? Um, uh, that got the seven minutes. It didn't make the Did seven. It? it didn't make okay. it, it. It didn't break the seven minute threshold. Um, I saw this in the theaters really after her Olivia Wilde's debut. I was wanting this to be so much better than it was, but it wasn't. It was a, it was science fiction in a way that I didn't really appreciate. It was just, it was the best word I could use for this one is just unsettling. Okay. Um, not a fan of the film. Okay. All right. You got anything more on the uh, disappointments? I think ones that we've all talked about. I mean, there's there's so many disappointments for the year. Like, you know, I went looking. I'm like, all right, well, let me see what everybody else had on their list. There's a ton out there that, you, are you know. Are you not even going to mention the Jordan Peele movie? You're never going to file that under disappointments? Or are you just waiting for me to talk about that later on? I know you're going to bring it up. I am. It's So it didn't make any of my lists. Okay. It didn't make surprises because... I was looking forward to it, and it, it disappointed me. But again, it was not a disappointing movie overall, but it definitely was not on my best list. So I don't really have a disappointments list because I've become sort of jaded. And yeah, just been everything's like, a disappointment. Like, like, if it's not Jaws, it's crap. If I don't want to see a movie, you know, like, like, was I disappointed with the monsters? No. I wasn't expecting it to be good, you know? That's it, true. Yeah. But I will say this about the monsters. Better than the trailer. Yeah. Significantly better than the trailer. Yeah. Well, there was like Blacklight, like a Liam Neeson. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there were, there's so many bad movies out this year that the, my disappointments are not really terrible movies. It's movies that had the potential to better than they were. Like I even, one I put on the top of the list that I thought you would appreciate that having rewatched it a couple of times, I put it on the disappointments was Bullet Train. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. After, I mean, I've, I think I've watched that now like three or four times. And okay. I've finally gone like, you know what? This is kind of not as good as I thought it was. Okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. So now it's time to get to the best. The best. The best of 2022. <laughs> so I'm going to wait to go hear your list before I have. Uh, I, okay. Bottom line is if, if one of my movies is on your list here, I will announce it. Okay. So um, this isn't, by the way. Are you doing this in any particular order? I'm going to leave my my best okay. movie of the year for last. Okay. So, um, okay. So, but I did want to talk about the box office this year. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. So 2020. So 2020, our year of COVID. Yeah. Two, a little over 2.1 billion dollars at the box office, and the majority of that was taken in uh, in the first two months, January, February. I know Bad Boys for Life did. Yeah. Well, Eight hundred million or something like and that. that so. That's down from 2019's 11.3 billion. So we came back 2021, um, almost 4.5 billion overall. You know, and that was still a year of 2021 was still a year of vaccines were rolling mm-hmm. out, and it we looked like everything was good, and then Delta came and screwed everything up, and movies were getting released, but yeah, I think the majority of people were still not ready to go didn't feel comfortable enough to go back to the theater and then omnicron comes and spider-man no way home becomes a massive (laughs) smash hit in the height of omnicron i remember that 
So you want to take a guess, or do you know where we're at this year? I think I think I'm going to say this was okay. What was 2021? 2021 was a little shy of 4.5 billion. Okay, 4, I 4. I, 4 I know that number is higher. I'm going to say I'm going to double it. I'm going to say about nine billion. Not that far. Okay. Uh, last year, 2022, is $7.3 billion, $7.3 billion. Which to me was still shocking because we had a lot of, a lot of great movies come out. But like we've talked about it the whole entire time, people are not going to the theaters no. as much as they were before. I mean, the billion-dollar movies, without looking, I can tell you the billion-dollar movies, there might have only been... Three, One, four, two, four. Okay, so I so three. so I've got three billion dollar movies. I've got uh, Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. Dominion, just over the mark. Okay, Maverick, obviously, mm-hmm. Avatar. Yep. So there was only three movies three that crossed movies. the billion dollar. Yep. Okay, interesting. Um, Doctor Strange hit nine fifty five. Okay. Um, <laughs> I still have the next biggest shit. one. <laughs> Strange. Minions Rise of Gru. Hey, that has a little nice little Jaws homage at the beginning of that movie. $939 million. Good, good. good. You know, those movies are harmless. (laughs) Um, After that, it's uh, Wakanda Forever, $820 million. We've got The Batman, $770 million. Can I tell you that that Batman would have filed, I would have filed that under my disappointments. You said that before. Because I was actually pretty excited to see that film and then i thought and i've said this we did a whole episode dedicated to this but my you know you know seven eight months removed from it my feelings are still the same that it's unnecessarily long it's it's a movie that really when we talk about avatar could be a little shorter the batman really it could could have been a lot shorter it could have been a half an hour shorter yeah where are we at after that? Uh, <laughs> Thor: Love and Thunder, seven hundred and sixty million. You know the term "jump the shark." Have you ever heard that term? I mean, that's that's, that's yeah. Like I could like. By the way, does every Marvel trailer now use seventies rock music? Um, Thor has consistently done that. Okay, because I know Guardians did. Yeah. So but, the, the but, new, well, the new Ant Man and the Wasp yeah, that had that had the Elton John, John Yellowbrook yeah. Road theme. Like, it's yeah. all. Are we all seventy? Is this the is this the way of getting the parents and the older people? It's got to be. But oh. Thor Thor has always done that. Starting with what was the one with uh, Kate Blanchett? Yeah, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Oh, see, I haven't even seen it. But I will say this: just if something that we touched that we didn't touch on our Avatar episode, but it just popped to mind. Um, uh, we both saw Avatar The Way of Water in IMAX 3D, high frame rate. Um, the last two trailers that they projected, that they screened before the movie started, because Disney now owns Fox, so they could put whatever they want in front of there, was two 3D trailers for Guardians and Ant-Man. Yep. And both of them look like shit. Filmed in 3D. Yep, <laughs> they do. They, they, the post-conversion, I was like, I remember, because I hadn't seen a 3D movie in years, and when the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy trailer came on, and the CD 3D was was playing. I was like, "Oh no, yeah. Oh, 3D sucks. Yeah. Am I about to sit through three hours of this bullshit of this garbage?" <laughs> and thankfully, Avatar was. Yeah, yeah we we've already talked about it at length. Okay, huh. all right. So um, the next biggest one of the year, uh, Sonic Two. Hey, that Sonic first Sonic Two. That first Sonic came out of nowhere. I, I was in Los Angeles. All right. I'm riding in a, this is a true story, I'm riding in a Rolls-Royce Ghost oh, God. in Beverly Hills with a film financer. All right. This gentleman 
<laughs> what he does is he finances you know the uh the five to ten million dollar range movies the ones that you know the nick cages and all that yeah. stuff so he's one of the guys that, that does the financing for this and I'm, I'm in a car riding in the back seat of a rolls royce with this guy this is late february of 2020 all right and you know we're talking about uh this and that and this and that and a city bus pulls up next to us and it has by the way they market movies like crazy in los angeles yeah and it had a poster for the first sonic movie which had come out that weekend because this was a Monday. And he looked at me and he goes, he goes, you know, that movie made $60 million this weekend. And I went, I went, I said, I, I just, I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. And this guy goes, really? We all knew it was going to be massive. And I said, you did? I said, it's based off a video game. He goes, yeah, but that guy's a rascal. And everybody loves a rascal. And I was like, these are the decisions that the million, that the movie. Oh, is he a rascal? Yeah, yeah. Let's throw money at that. He's a rascal and everyone loves a rascal. And I would just quickly change the subject. And I'm like, so there is not this algorithm that they use to figure out what movies. It's just based on the personalities of the characters. So I just thought I'd throw that story in there real quick. That's funny. So I knew the second Sonic was going to be popular because he's a rascal. He's a rascal. So. So. Starting with the best. All right. Um, and we, this is no particular order until you get to your no particular n- order. Your number one. Um, some of the ones that we've talked about, okay. which you tell me if you want to expand on them. Um, the Batman again. You put this I, on your best. Yeah, I, I, I no, I knew I saw this coming. I recognize, like we've talked about before, if they had FaceTime or they just had cell phones in yeah. this, it's a two-hour movie. Absolutely. Um, they should have delved into the background of the Riddler more. Um, I, 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 by the way, and I've made this point before, you're absolutely correct. What makes the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight Rises great is we get those openings where we're mm-hmm. introduced to the villains and we're like, oh, this is what the villains are capable of, the Joker and, and Bane. This, yeah. Wow, what a way to introduce them. Um, in this movie, we don't get any of that. Get a little- yeah, yeah, like so... Yeah. So it was, and we don't see much of them. Like we we spend a good chunk of those other movies with our villains. Yeah. So yeah, the only thing the difference maker in this to me was this was more of Batman the detective than Batman the crime fighter. Right. Right. So I I I really like that. I thought if you're going to revamp a movie, this was probably as good as you're going to get on the Batman or on Batman. Well. I it was I just remember this like it was a chore to get through this movie. It, it was nearly three hours, wasn't it? It was. It was like three two, two hours, fifty five. Two fifty five. Yeah. And I remember. Obviously, we've talked about this before. Like you know, when we went to the movie together, I had some medical issues and had to, <laughs> to promptly leave. I was like, "Fuck this movie!" <laughs> the shit that we went through. I know. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Overall, it's been a great year. <laughs> the hospital bills don't arrive until next week. Screw you, twenty twenty two. Visually, from a from a you know technical standpoint, movie looks good. Every, I mean, like there just there was some pacing issues for me. Yeah. Overall, there were some pacing issues. Um, so one that is definitely going to get nominated for best picture this year for the Academy Awards, Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. I don't know how much more we can say about that. I. I've probably seen it a hundred times at this at this point. It really is. It's 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 a classic 
Hollywood movie in every sense of you know every sense of the way. Like it's 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 I'll say it's a damn near perfect movie. It is. It really is, um, and it's an example of a film that obviously. You know, we get the same get the same crew making these Mission Impossible movies. Like Christopher McQuarrie is. Uh, do we even talk about the the the, the, the opening like yeah, IMAX first, thing? Yeah, how crazy was that for the for those that haven't seen Avatar? If you've seen an IMAX, they've got like this like six seven minute long uh, segment on the behind the scenes of one of the stunts for the new Mission Impossible movies, and it's like. It's like a motorcycle going off a cliff and into a base a base uh, jumping thing, and Tom's actually doing it, and yeah. it's like, what are we? Doing? So, and he's like, yeah, let me just go ahead and get a couple of you know, we're gonna go ahead and get a couple of jumps in, just to kind of feel it out. Like, could let go of the bike like a half second earlier. Let's do that again. Yeah, wow. But like, Maverick is a distant example, with the exception of probably the new Mission Impossible, just you know, classic Hollywood movies that don't get made anymore. Yeah, uh, one of the best of the year, one of the best of the past ten years. Yep. And the box office to prove it. Oh, yeah. Second highest grossing film now of, of 2022. Yep. So let's talk about one that I, I have a hard time with this one. And you haven't seen it. No, you haven't seen it. That's The Whale. This yeah. is a very divided movie Be- also. Before you get into it, let's explain why I haven't seen it. <laughs> so directed uh, by Darren Aronofsky. That's all you need to know. <laughs> that's all, the, With the exception... The lone exception of the wrestler, nothing he has done has ever appealed to and, me. You know, we've talked about what, uh, doing a show on movies we can never watch again. And yeah. he's, he definitely has two on there for me, which is Black Swan and Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. I still have nightmares about Requiem for and a Dream. And I don't want to watch Mother. Oh, God, was so terrible. Yeah. I mean, there's so. that's the, Yeah, that's one that just, not that I won't watch it. I, I, you can't force me to watch so, that. So for those who don't know, The Whale um, has a really interesting marketing campaign going on right now. Like they've been pushing the return of Brandon Frazier in the career defining role, the role of a lifetime. And the movie famously got, uh, you know, Frazier got like a six or seven minute standing ovation at the con film festival, which is, was nearly, you know, unheard of. And then the movie comes out and some of my, colleagues in the podcasting game whose opinions that i truly truly value shout out to the f this movie crew have all kind of universally told me that this is not a good movie but brandon frazier is good in the movie so i'm really curious where you stand on this film so i much like anna de armas and blonde the movie suffers from a few plot errors okay However, Brendan Fraser in this is absolutely remarkable. Um, I, you know, I, I went on and I, and I read a ton of reviews on this after I went and saw it just to kind of understand. Cause I, what I always do is I, I'll look at the, the Rotten Tomatoes score. Cause that's just, you know, am I going to, am I going to, am I going into this with expectations that are realistic or not? And seeing the, audience score versus the critic score is staggering. I did not have the same problems that most people had with this movie. I found it completely endearing. A lot of people just felt like this was a movie where they were either making fun of fat people, where they were making fun of people who were, you know, shut-ins. I felt like it was... It was extremely sweet. The way he plays this character, the way he works 
with the people in the sphere that he's in, I thought it was fantastic. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, obviously, you put it on your best list. Yep. You didn't put it on your surprises. You put it on your best. So that's 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 a testament to the film. I'm still not going to. You're still not going to see it. I'm still not going to see it. And that's not, that's not don't take that personally. I have a, 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 a not a good relationship with Aronofsky, and I'm sure there are some things in that movie that are going to disturb me. So let me do a, another. Let's do a PSA here real okay. quick, too. Sat down to watch the movie. People behind me immediately started talking during the movie. So I did the. Come on. I did the. And this is a group of three people a dad and two older kids, probably dads in the 50s, 60s, kids are in their 30s, 40s. So I did the obligatory turnaround several times, like, you know, gave a shush. This is like five minutes in. About 10 minutes in, I'm, I turn around, I'm like, are you guys going to talk the entire movie? I just want to know now so I can change seats if I need to. Like, is it right? So the girl goes, yeah, we're probably going to talk the whole movie so you can go ahead and move. Oh my God. And I fucking hate people. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Fuck y'all. So I grabbed my popcorn, grabbed my drink, got up and went fucking assholes. And I headed up to the top of the theater. Wow. About 30 minutes later. Oh wait, the story goes on. <laughs> We're not done. We're not done. About 30 minutes later, um, three teenage kids come in. Wait, 30 minutes? The movie's been on for 30 minutes. The movie's been on for 30 minutes. Three teenage kids obviously left another movie, came in to sit down and ruin this for everyone. Sit directly behind these people and are the most obnoxious people I've ever come across. Talking on their cell phones. Guys, that like, takes a phone call in the middle of the movie. The people in front of them were bothered so much, they went and got a manager. And I'm like, I'm just sitting there watching the whole thing. I'm just like, fuck you both. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> okay. I don't want to harp. Wait, is there more to the story? No, no, no. Because okay. no, no. <laughs> I was like, wait a the second. The manager came in three times and eventually kicked him out. But um, I just really appreciated the immediate karma that came from. These people. I've never. That's. I, a, it, it was. I, if if it had not happened the first time, I literally would have gotten up. I would have gone down there and shown my ass and just kicked them out on my own. But because they sat directly behind those people, I was. I sat there for twenty minutes, just like this. This is great. This is great. I don't want to get into a whole diatribe about why going to the movies is such. Uh, like people want to know why <clears throat> theater attendance is down. It's not necessarily because everything's a sequel, prequel, or remake. That's not the case. No, shut up, It's people. because the theaters don't or do make very little effort to make it a, a communal experience that everyone's going to enjoy because because right now they need every ticket yeah. sold, so yeah. they don't give a shit. Like, like Literally, just RPSA, if you're going to see a movie, shut up. No one in front of you or behind you or beside you wants to hear your commentary as much as you want to tell it to the person that you're with. Shut up. Save it for afterwards. Please. I just the don't. The more you know. I mean, yeah, no, I just don't. I mean, I had so many bad movie theater experiences. It was comically bad that <laughs> that I just I just stopped going. You know, I just stopped going because I was so. And then when the new movie theater opened up here and the old one became a ghost town, I started going to the movies again. Because yeah, and that's why I would go on Thursdays. Now now I'm going on Tuesdays because I'm catching the movies on Tuesday that came out 
on Friday because yeah. I can't stand to be there on opening day anymore. No, no. It's just – And especially this time of year. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. All right. So All right. So that the whale. So the whale. Okay. Major list of the best. Okay. Made my list of the best. A um, couple that we talked about earlier in the year that I still really like, Hustle with Adam Sandler. Yeah, that was good. You know what? Good movie. Um, one that you're not a fan of, Jackass Forever. I, I mean, it's <sighs> – I'm sure it's perfectly good. delightful. But it's just not my thing. It's like, listen, people love it. I would love to put Beavis and Butthead do the universe on here, but you know, just no the uh, the yep. uh, yeah the Jackass is just not for me. Not for um, me. the Fablemans. Okay, I did um, I did see the Fablemans. What did you think? Because this was this was my list of I really liked the story. I didn't think I, I I think I actually recommended you don't need to see this in the theaters, uh, and I didn't. I I ended up renting this home video. Um, home video. I, I rented this <laughs> from Blockbuster. To, yeah, it's yeah. tough. I got this from the Blockbuster. <laughs> Dave's uh, video. And, um, like, I make no bones about it. Spielberg, like, for many people, is one of the, if not the greatest filmmaker ever. I mean, forget of our generation over the past 50 years, whatever. He, he's, he's up there along with Cameron, you know, and, John Ford, interesting little <laughs> point here. Um, but, you know, he's he's a remarkable. Um, so when you tell me that there's going to be a movie that is a semi-autobiographical look at, you know, his childhood and growing up, I'm interested. I knew the story already. Not the not the story with his parents. Not- but, I, <laughs> but, but I knew the story of... The making movies with his friends and and all that stuff. So I was I was interested in seeing that. So the movie is two and a half hours long. I'll put it this way: watching the movie kept my interest the entire time. I was I was continuously interested in in what was happening, but it wasn't the movie I thought I was going to sit down and and, walk, and see. It took so I, I've actually seen this twice now. Um, once in the theater and once at home, but I, I suffered from that the first time I saw it. I went, this was not the movie I thought I was seeing. Yeah. I thought this was going to be about him growing up and getting into filmmaking, and it's it's a whole lot darker than that. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I it's... wasn't expecting that. No, and this is like minor spoilers for the film. I'll keep it really vague because um, nobody saw this movie. <laughs> nobody saw this <laughs> Was it $3 million? Movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was terrible. But the fact that the the teenager is um you know the 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 spielberg inspired character he discovers a family secret and how he discovers it and it's just i was like this is really it's (coughs) this is very heavy subject matter yeah um and i thought i was going to get more of a whimsical here's my childhood um that's why the rewatch was important for me because i going back into it knowing what i was going to see i went okay i'm prepared for this now okay it's yeah. a, it was it was a good movie. I just you know what? The sign of a good uh, good filmmaker is I want it more. Like the way the movie ends when when our our main character is introduced to somebody, I want to see the next 5 years of his life. Yeah. Like it's like, "Oh, wait, now the ball is rolling." Um I want to see that movie as well. Yeah. I I, I want to yeah. So, um it was Listen, if you're a fan of Steven Spielberg, I I I don't think you're going to be disappointed no, with no. the movie. And it so on a forty million dollar budget, it made thirteen point one, and that's to date. And I don't think it's going to make any more than that. No, but 
definitely for me it was a it was one of the standouts of the year. Yeah. So that's the Fablemans. Fablemans. I think you've seen this one. Okay. Kate Blanchett and Tar. Tar. Yeah. I thought she did a fantastic job in this. So Tar overall movie. Uh, well, not so sure of, but. So Tar for me was interesting. Um, for those who don't know, Tar, uh, Kate Blanchett plays a character named Lydia Tar. She's a world-renowned, uh, you know, maestro, you know, uh, composer, conductor. Conductor is the word yeah. I'm looking for, maestro. Um, and she starts off, you know, she's basically at the top of her game. She's getting ready to take over the Ber- Berlin Symphony Orchestra, which apparently uh, the movie will tell you is the the, the, the top, pinnacle, yeah. the pinnacle, and <clears throat> she experiences some self sabotage, downfall, and things like that. So her, her her world starts to spiral a little out of control, and that's what I that's the one big thing I loved about this movie is just watching her navigate her own downfall. Right, was fabulous, and what I liked about the film was I love movies that show me a world that I just don't know or understand. And All this right? almost felt like a documentary it, at points. It really did. It really yeah. did. So I don't understand. And listen, I'm one of those people that I'm endlessly fascinated about everything. But, like, there's a whole subculture, a whole world in this, you know, <clears throat> classical music, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, and, wa- and there's a lot of money in that as well. And, and just sort of watching that world... And I will say that that Kate Blanchett in this role is probably the best acted role of anything I've seen this year. Like she is utterly amazing in this performance. Yeah, and she's not particularly likable. No, and it I mean it starts off with her, you know, basically saying, "I'm a woman in a man's world, trying to stand out and prove that a woman can do any of this," and then. From that statement at the beginning of the movie, it just unravels. It completely unravels. And, and a lot of it was, was of her, her own her doing. Fault. Yeah. Absolutely loved her. And I think, I think she's probably a lock. She's, for, I mean, if, I mean, like I've, the Academy I've Awards, somewhat I lost faith in the Academy Awards along, but I'll say this, like, yeah, she, for another two and a half hour long movie, it about, went, a, yeah, it went fast about a subject matter that I don't know shit about. <laughs> I was interested and I was engaged. So that's tar. And that, that would make a top 10 for me as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember about I, it, what felt like 30 minutes into the movie, just checking to see the time. And I'm like, oh, there's, there's 17 minutes left. Like, wow. There is that turning point. I'll keep this incredibly spoiler yeah. free, but I even text you about it. When you come to a real understanding of her upbringing. It, it turns the movie on its, on and, its nose. And you're just like, wait a second. Yeah. Wait a second. Yep. So, but you know, you have to get to that part. So, all right. So that was tar. That was tar. All right. One that we've talked about before, but I didn't see until recently. The Banshees of Inerish. Inerishin? Yeah. Inerishin. So our, to our Irish listening friends, I apologize that it's, we are not a, pronouncing that. That's the Ocala that. pronunciation. Yeah. yeah so. Inerishin? <laughs> I saw this in a theater. I was lucky enough to be in a city that had an independent theater. And this was playing, and I saw it in a packed house. And uh, we've talked about this on our catching episode, so I'll, I'll keep this super brief. But this movie is—it's uh, terrific. I've seen it three times now. Um, seeing it a second and a third time, knowing the context and sort of the allegory and all that stuff. And I think that it helped me when you yeah. explained to me what it's an allegory for. And but 
there is some stuff that happens in this movie that is just so beyond wild. And it made me go back and revisit a couple of Martin McDonough films. I watched Three Billboards I watched a, a couple Bruges. days ago yeah. and, and in Bruges. And, and you know what? More power to Martin McDonough. Keep making the movies you want to make, buddy. They're all they're all terrific. Yeah. And I think what world are we going to say that two of the best performances this year are from Colin Farrell in yeah. The Batman is the Penguin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in this as I just keep, I keep forgetting he's he's the penguin <laughs> yeah. in that movie. I mean oh, he's he's already nominated for a Golden Globe yeah. for his performance and we'll probably end up getting one for um I just want to say one thing about the movie and this is this is if you don't know the context of what I'm about to say then it's not a spoiler of the movie but there's a there's a part in the movie where the movie takes place on a on a kind of a small remote island off the coast of Ireland. There's a there's a part where Colin Farrell is concerned that he might be considered the dumbest person on the <laughs> island, and then he finds out that he's not. He's relieved to find out that there's someone everyone considers to be dumber than him. <laughs> it's just like little shit. Like oh, and I'll probably bastardize his name too. Barry Keown. Keown. Keown? Yeah, yeah, he's terrific. In he that does film. great. Um, it's just uh, it's a character centered drama that is about just if if you don't understand what it like it's about the irish civil war yeah it's it's a metaphor for the irish civil war in every sense of the uh, every sense of just the way that each character just brings life into the movie it's just it's it's fantastic yeah I loved it. Uh, absolutely. And that's the Banshees of Inishar. <laughs> Banshees of, we'll let them yep, say it at yep. the Oscars. Uh, I got two more. Okay. One that I really just recently watched and then my favorite of the year. All right. All right. Go, go, go. Let's um, see what you got. Triangle of Sadness. I haven't watched that yet. And you okay. have um, had seen a couple trailers for it and it looks wild. It is wild. It is, um, it is a just complete satire of a movie, just lampooning Instagram influencers, you know, the wealthy, the, the Uber rich. Um, it is from where it starts to where it ends. I was guessing the entire way on what was going to happen. Um, terrific performances. Woody Harrelson does an amazing job in this and the, short time he's in it but it's it's three separate scenarios that comprise an overall indictment on you know modern society and the way we view wealth and the way we view status um it is a very preachy movie that gets worse as it goes on but also gets better as it goes on and by the time you get to the end of this movie i i, I still Having I've seen it twice now, I didn't I did not foresee what was going to happen. Okay, that's that. That's. Um, so spoiler free review. There's been a lot of people who have said it's a little too far over the top, but um, if you've got the opportunity to watch it and you have a strong stomach, um, definitely check it out. All right, that's Triangle of Sadness. We're going to talk about your number one movie of the year. You already brought up Maverick, mm-hmm. huh? Hmm. Hmm. This has got me. You've got me thinking here for a second here because you brought up so many movies. Definitely not. Nope. I was going to say it can't be my number one movie of the year. Nope. You haven't mentioned that either. Um. All right. Give me a hint. It's the same as my mid-year favorite movie. 
the unbearable weight of massive talent? No, actually, I didn't. I, I had that on my surprises list. Eventually, you know, we had, you know, four hours. I'd get to that one. Oh, I, okay, forgive me. I don't remember your mid-year one. As soon as you say <laughs> it, I'm going to be like, oh, of course. Go um, ahead. So this is one that every single time I have rewatched it, I have caught something different. And that is everything, everywhere, all at once. Of course. Of course. I'm sorry. I don't know why. I just, I had a brain fright. The, the Daniels directed and yeah. written movie. I've seen it and it's, it's terrific. And it's, and I've said this before, it's, it's just a shame that it, it came out in a world where Marvel exists. <laughs> it is, but I think it's, I'm really hoping that even though it came out the beginning part of the year, it's going to carry on and get the awards that it deserves. Um, so I'll, I'm sure everyone, if you have not seen this yet, stop what you're doing and watch this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the one thing I loved about this, and I didn't even catch this until this last rewatch. I, oh, God. What's the, what's the guy's name from the Goonies? The one that I didn't even realize was from the Goonies before. I can't remember his name. Um, so Waymond in the movie. We were watching it, and he says, you know, he's trying to explain to Evelyn. So the the overall theme of the movie is there's a multiverse where there is a a bad guy who is trying to destroy everything because nothing matters. We come to the realization that nothing matters, so let's just get rid of everything. Um, so Waymond is trying to explain to Evelyn, you know, why it is that she doesn't feel normal in her own skin. And he says to her, you know, your hair never falls in quite the same way and your clothes never wear as well the next day. And when he said that, I went, I know that from some, what the hell is that from? So I stopped the movie and Googled it. And it's that song, the story of a girl. Yeah. Who cries a river. And yes, yes. <laughs> so I started researching that and the one of the Daniels who wrote the movie said he just wrote that and said the same thing. He's like, I know that from somewhere. Where do, where do I know that from? Eventually realized it was from a band and um, he called the lead singer of the band to get permission to use the, the lyrics. And the guy was like, oh, no, no, you can use the whole song. Gave him permission to use the song and then wrote four different versions of the song to be used in four different multiverses oh, with different on. lyrics. I never even realized that. And you hear it playing. So after he said that, and you know, I looked it up, I could hear it playing in like you know three or four different things. So there's, there's just it's one of those movies that kind of like a, a James Cameron movie. Like that kind of attention to detail. Everything is, is planned. That is that is that's re that's remarkable. Yeah. So. That that is definitely still my number one. It is it's an action movie. It's a drama. It's a comedy. It's a romance. It it's under so the Golden Globes has the two categories. There's best drama and best comedy or musical. This is nominated under comedy or musical okay. for best picture of the year. Um, it falls under all of them, and I think it is it is the best movie I've probably seen in the last two years wow okay high praise <laughs> high yep. praise all right so that's everything that's everywhere all, all at once. once your number one movie of number 2022 one. absolutely my my honorable mentions for 2022 are going to be top gun maverick obviously avatar the way of water but if there was one movie this year that spoke to me the most that made that i 
could not wait to watch over and over again <laughs> and sing the praises of it. And if there was ever a time when I was disappointed that I didn't see a movie, especially because it was playing in IMAX, it's going to be my number one film of 2022. And that will be Jordan Peele's Nope. Why is it my number one? <laughs> well, that's the burning question. No. Obviously, the fact that it is a original property, not based off of any, any, any existing IP, brand, comic book, anything like that, already is going to give me, already is going to give it um, a bump right away. Number two, for those who don't know, Jaws is my favorite film of all time. <laughs> now, whether this was an inten intentional or whether or whether this was intentional or this is just something I identified. Oh, it was intentional. Yes. This this film was a I th I thought to be a very fitting tribute slash homage to what I think is the greatest film of all time, and that is Jaws. And that and this wasn't a cash in like it wasn't like a facsimile like it was his own story, but he told it through sort of the don't show anything till the third act sort of you know keep them keep everyone guessing, yeah. but just tease it a little bit. I, I'm just a fan of every performance in it. I the first time I saw the movie, I was like watching it at home there were things that happened in that film that i literally had to hit the pause button and just got to stand up and be like god i can't believe that just happened i can't <laughs> believe i just saw that and then there were things that happened in the movie that don't get explained until later on and then when you realize what you saw 45 minutes earlier you become terrified i can't believe they went through that like so, yeah, I mean, there was, I mean, the only question I was going to have, you know, leading up to the, doing the show was where was the Avatar going to fall in that category? Yeah. And so my top three films of the year are going to be Maverick, Avatar, with Nope being number one. Just loved it. And, and uh, shout out to my friend, Phil Juano. Phil Juano liked it. He also agreed that it was uh, one of the best films to come out this year. Not that I needed that reassurance because I had been preaching to him for the past three months. You've got to see this film. You've got to see this film. You've got to see this film. So audience score on that. Go ahead. Shoot. Give it to me. So the reviewer score, 83%. Okay. Audience score, 69. Wow. 69%. Wow. Which is usually, it's usually the reverse. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, Jason, 2022 was a, was a good year overall. I am glad it's over. I am too. I just throw this sucker in the trash. Let's go. I want to close with this. This one final question that I'm, I'm, it will probably take us a couple of years to figure out the answer. But the question is of the 2000s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and now the 2020s, 10, 15 years down the road, what, which of those decades is going to be the standout? You know, we look at the 90s as sort of like the last great decade of cinema. The 80s was a, was one of those 80s. The 80s was like the movie, like the music of the 80s. It was yeah. all over the place. And the yeah. 70s was just grounded in a harsh reality. I, I can't define the 2000s yet. And I can't define the 2010s yet. And I'm, I'm wondering what it how will define the last couple of decades. I, I honestly think. The the 2010s are going to be defined by the superhero movie. Absolutely. It's yeah. when we look back on that and we're going to look at the top 10 or 20 grossing films and what 
came of those, which was more superhero films, um, I think that's going to define the, the 2010s. The, the 2000s, again, like you said, with the 80s, they're all over the place. I, I think the 2000s is going to be looked at as a as, was, as a good decade. Yeah, of I mean, it was like a hangover from the 1990s. Yeah, um, you got just a sprinkling of great movies throughout. You're getting the you're getting the, the the you're getting the blockbusters, but they're not they're not ten a year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's happening and what happens in the 2010s is when the big studios, the Disney, the Universal, you know, the Paramounts, when when well. Paramount's a little different right now, but when the studios decided to no longer do anything that's going to be risky, it became, let's do what we know is going to be profitable. And what is profitable? Fan service, callbacks, you know, you know, it became algorithmic, you know, filmmaking. Yeah. Paramount this year did release a few original titles. So we'll, we'll see. I'm going to be curious to see what is next. Like, if I say I'm going to watch something from the 90s, a thousand movies pop in your oh, head. Oh, yeah. I say the same thing about the 80s and 70s. If I say I'm going to watch something from the 2010s, you're going to be like, <laughs> huh. I'm going to watch something original that came out in the 2010s. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So, no, and I think, um, you know, one of the other reviews I read on Avatar, uh, The Way of Water, was that this was a this was a serious movie for James Cameron. So every single Marvel movie, there's snark. There's the, you know, Tony Stark, you know, comedy relief in there. Yeah. There's no comedy relief in Avatar. It's just straight on movie. And I'm, I appreciate that. And I want to see more of that because the, the cynical, like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a funny guy and we're going to have a, yeah. a superhero guy and let's pair him up. And then every 10 minutes, the guy's going to throw out a quip. I'm like, what about there? So, I don't know. I'm I'm really hoping that with Avatar coming out, that the 2020s are going to start off changing things. Because as much as we're going to see these superhero movies, we're also just critically panning them. Well, they're okay. I I think they're getting worse. They are okay. And after I, and Endgame, I, it just it was. I don't have really a yeah. leg to stand on because I. I'm not the audience for these films. I'm there. All I can tell you is that when infinity ward and in came, came out, I was like, no, I'll go see those in the theater. There's enough. There's enough interesting stuff going on here that I'm, I'm actually going to be a little bit curious to see it. I could give a shit about what is going on right now. And I'll clearly, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. The Wakanda movie was supposed to be the end of phase four. Yeah. What the, what? and now we got, yeah, we're moving into How do you define phase four? <laughs> it's post post end game. Yeah, how do you define I mean, that's that? it? Yeah. None of the movies had a cohesive anything. Mm-mm. And they're spread across Disney Plus now. So yeah, I mean there's I mean, okay, anyway. It's... But okay. what I would hope that if, if there's any studio executive listening, what people what will bring people back to the theaters is a story that is original. Look at the like we said before. Look at the nineties. Yep. So many original stories, from drama to comedy to action. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's a good movie, people will go see it. Well, the end. By that, I'll ask you <laughs> one last thing. And I know we didn't talk about this, but is there any movies coming out this year that have got your attention? For me, the next John Wick film. Uh, they are what they are. Okay, I think they're they're they're. They're a, a perfect definition of an amusement park ride. Lots of fun. It's over. 
Nah, I'm good. Um, and then, of course, Oppenheimer's got my Oppenheimer. interest interest peak. But there's not a Avatar or a Star Wars or something really big on the horizon. This so there's year. a there's a movie about an elderly gentleman that um, it could be interesting. There's um Indiana something. <laughs> 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 what was it? Indiana Jones and the search for a nap. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the where tell the waiter my, my soup is cold. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> so Indiana Jones, <laughs> the quest for applesauce. <laughs> where did I leave my depends? <laughs> um, I saw the trailer for that. I'm like, this looks like the biggest piece of shit I've ever uh, seen in my life. That's a jump. I thought the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls was a jump the shark. I remember being so excited <sighs> to see Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It was it was a new Indiana Jones. It's directed by Spielberg. And I remember like as soon as the ants scenes hit, I was like, oh, man. The monkey swinging from uh, the butt. I'm like, this is awful. And this new and one. Did oh. another one after that. And he's, uh, God bless him. He's 80 years old. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> you don't need the money. Uh, what are you doing? Maybe they just maybe they're fixing the errors of the last one. I don't know. I didn't see Shia LaBeouf in the movie. He's so, not. Yeah. yeah. So I can't. All right. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank 20, you very much. 2022 was a great year, and most importantly, it was a great year because you were a listener of this show, and that is why we do this. So we appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to reach out and become a supporter of this podcast, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash movie. There is a link in this episode's show notes. Um, there you'll find uh, amongst you know, there's probably about 80 episodes on there, you know, some film history, some other discussions. But most recently, Jason and I started a series called 101 Movies from the 1990s You Need to Watch. Uh, that's going to be a 10-part series. Three of them are out. Um, four, five, and six, four and five will be released in January, six and seven in February, and then we'll, we'll release eight, nine, and ten in March. So we've got oh, the yeah. next three months covered for you on Patreon. <laughs> it's going to be, by the way, I was doing the math. Each one of those episodes is about two hours long. Oh, wow. So we're talking about 20 hours of, of conversating about movies. 20 hours. I don't even like to listen to myself talk for 10 minutes. So. I know. So like, thank you. Most for of my audio books that I buy are like 13 <laughs> hours long. So, yeah. All right, Jason, thank you for a great year. Happy anniversary for one, yeah. one year on the show. Thank you, everyone. So my name is Dana, along with Jason. You've been listening to The Dana Buckler Show. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I hope everyone has a happy new year, and we will talk soon.